millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. All right, folks. Welcome to Nino's Corner.tv. I'm joined with Derek Gilbert. Derek Gilbert, the author of The Second Coming of Saturn. This is, to me, very interesting because I love to jump into stuff like this because, to me, I, I'm trying to understand the belief system of the occult, right? And that's really what this book is about. And Am I right in saying that? Yeah, it uh, kind of tracks the career, if you will, of a, an entity who was known to the ancient Romans as Saturn. But before that, he was known to other cultures by different names, Kronos to the Greeks. The uh, Canaanites called him El. The Babylonians called him Enlil. Uh, he had other names throughout history, but I, I could connect him all the way back to Genesis chapter 6. I think he was the leader of that rebellion that uh, created these monstrous hybrid creatures called the Nephilim. And I think he's wait, also wait, the one wait. you're saying. You're saying the, the god of Saturn created the Nephilim? Yeah. So maybe they I, came from Saturn? Is that, would that no, be the right way to say it? No, I think he just uh, was a, an entity who was represented in the sky by that planet. It was known in the ancient world, or at least it was believed in the ancient world, let me put it that way, that the stars and the planets represented their gods and the heavenly host, the heavenly army. In fact, you know, God, in, when he was talking to Moses and teaching Moses what Moses needed to teach to the Israelites, he didn't say to Moses, okay, first things first, we need to straighten you out on some astrophysics here. He said, no, be careful when you come into this land that I've promised to you that you don't bow down to the sun and the moon and all the host of heaven, the heavenly army, and worship these things, things that I have allotted to the nations for their inheritance. Okay, so that's Deuteronomy 4, verses 19 and 20. God's saying, the other nations, they're going to worship all these lights in the sky, but you don't do that because you're mine, you belong to me. So Saturn, at various points in history, represented different entities to different cultures. Enlil to the Mesopotamians, Saturn, obviously, to the Romans, which is where we get the name. But uh, throughout history, he, I mean, there was even a, a, a like a little-known deity named uh, Kayanu in ancient Mesopotamia, who was believed to represent or be represented in the in the, st- in the sky by Saturn. So um, we we've got the name of the planet, but we need to kind of forget that when we're starting to talk about these these entities. And again, I think he's but with, led it, with that every rebellion. entity brings a certain power or force. That's what the uh, that's what the pagans around ancient ancient uh, uh, the ancient Israelites believed. So you had this, and, and these occults still believe in this. So we're still being ran at the highest level, at the highest level of a lot of the people in politics and in uh, in entertainment. I mean, they all they're still following this. They still believe in this, right? 
Yeah, it's uh, not a coincidence that when, well, let's go back to the winter solstice of uh, 2020. The winter solstice, of course, was one of those pagan dates where, uh, you know, the, the sun stops moving to the, or the Earth's rotation, the tilt, um, stops moving northwards so that the days here in the northern hemisphere are at the shortest on december 21st and then it starts getting longer again so that was always a day that was real important in the uh, pagan world because they they were smart enough to figure out you know every year on this date the sun you know the days get start getting longer again and uh, so there were religious rituals that were performed on that date well in 2020 on december 21st there was a conjunction in the night sky visible uh the, the first visible conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn, the closest visible conjunction in like 800 years, since year 1226. Now, this was significant from an astrological view, because it was um, like the king of the pantheon, Jupiter, who was Zeus to the Greeks, Baal to the Canaanites, uh, who Jesus identified as Satan in Matthew 12 and in Revelation 2, um, handing the baton back to the old god, his father, who he'd overthrown and sent back down to the netherworld. So this was Jupiter passing the baton back to Saturn, or Zeus giving it back to Kronos, or Baal handing it back to El. Two astrologers, and this happened at zero degrees of the constellation Aquarius. But, but, but they take this literally. They take it literally, and this may surprise us. Now, as Christians, we don't believe in any of this, but uh, when we look at one of the greatest conservative presidents in American history, Ronald Reagan, and his calendar was set by Nancy Reagan based on advice from her astrologers. So this reaches into the very highest levels of power globally here around the world. And it was one month after this great conjunction, or what astrologers are calling the great mutation, you know, representing the full final entry into the age of Aquarius, a new golden age, because Aquarius is ruled by Saturn under classical astrology. And it's been believed for 2,000 years based on a poem written by a guy who was, uh, lived at the time of Julius Caesar in the first century BC, that uh, when Saturn returned and ruled again, there would be a new golden age. And I think that's what the elites of the World Economic Forum and other globalists are, are trying to So, trying so to make you're telling me the World Economic Forum, all these globalists are basing their belief systems on a poem? <laughs> You know, many of them may not be aware of this poem, but this is something that has been at work behind the scenes for a long time. And credit to our friend Tom Horn for pointing this out in his book, Apollyon Rising 2012, Zenith 2016. There was a poem written by the Roman poet Virgil around the year 40 BC. This was just after the death of Julius Caesar. And he prophesied, or at least it's taken as a prophecy by occult um, adepts, Freemasons, for example, who believe that this is a prophecy that they need to make happen. The reason that we have the unfinished pyramid on the back of our dollar bill, that unfinished pyramid with the all-seeing eye at the top, is because they see this as a, uh, a fulfillment of Virgil's poem. This, this poem, called the Fourth Eclogue, uh, includes this line, Now the last age by Kume's Sibyl sung. The Cumaean Sibyl was very important in Roman history. She prophesied all of these things that would happen to Rome and what they needed to do if the gods got angry, that kind of thing. You cannot overemphasize how important the Cumaean Sibyl was to the ancient Romans. The last age, my Cumae's Sibyl's sung has come and gone, and the majestic roll of circling centuries begins anew. And here's the money quote. Justice returns. 
returns old Saturn's reign with a new breed of men sent down from heaven. Mm. Now, Virgil was um, being a poet. He needed a wealthy sponsor. And so he was writing this to kind of suck up to one of the politicians in Rome of the day. The guy was the, uh, the consul, which is like uh, the president of Rome. Okay. So that's what this was about. But Virgil's writings have been taken as prophetic for years. I mean, there was, uh, uh, for example, this poem, even into the Christian era, the first, well, we'll put it in air quotes, Christian Emperor Constantine interpreted this poem as a prophecy of Jesus Christ. Now, it's not, because you, when you go down further in the poem, you see it's real clear he's not talking about a Christian, um, uh, it, it's not a Christian worldview. But it's been taken that way. And for hundreds of years, e- even into the Christian era, in fact, uh, King Charles I of England, who was um, overthrown by Oliver Cromwell and lost his head in the 1640s, they, he did something that was called the Virgilian Lots. They would take the writings of Virgil and they would like flop it open, you know, this book, and then stick their finger on the page and take that as a prophecy. Kind of the way some people read the Bible, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just, just a pro tip to your viewers. That's not how you read the Bible. Anyway, uh, but this is how important Virgil was taken. So this great seal of the United States that we see on the back of our dollar bill, we've got the front side of the seal and the back side of the seal. The front side is the eagle with the shield. The back side is the unfinished pyramid with the all-seeing eye. This was uh, developed around the time of the revolution here in the United States. Charles Thompson, who was the secretary of the Continental Congress, developed this. And he added the phrase to this uh, seal, Novus Ordo Seclorum, roughly means new order of the ages. That's taken directly from that poem by Virgil. Wow. Now, in 1930s. So this has been in plan for a very long time, for this time in history. A very long time. And just about 90 years ago was when that seal was put on the back of our $1 bill. This was uh, done by Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the president and his vice president, Henry Wallace. And both of them were 32nd degree Scottish Rite Freemasons. But originally, the plan was to put the Great Seal, the front of the Great Seal, which is the part that gets used on official U.S. government documents, the, the eagle with the, the arrows in its uh, talons and the shield and all that, that's was on the left side of the back of the dollar bill. The unfinished pyramid was on the right. FDR insisted that they be switched to give more emphasis to the unfinished pyramid. Wow. Because... According to Wallace, and I'm going to quote now, Wallace wrote this in 1934, it will take a more definite recognition of the grand architect of the universe. That's what Freemasons will call God. The grand architect of the universe before the apex stone, that's the capstone of the pyramid, is finally fitted into place. And this nation, the United States, in the full strength of its power, is in position to assume leadership among the nations in inaugurating the new order of the ages. Novus order seclorum. New world order. Exactly right. So this is why that symbol is on the backside. And it's why the unfinished pyramid's on the left. I mean, in English, we read left to right. So you assume if it's first, it must be important. But that part, that backside of the Great Seal has never been used on an official government document. It's only on the dollar bill. And because Roosevelt insisted, he switched it to put it on the left to give it more emphasis. Wallace, so that's like the Roosevelt, capstone of the, of the pyramid. That's when there would be a finished product. Right. And that's when the United States will assume the leadership of this new order of the ages. And if you, you know, and Tom Horn has been writing about this for a while, and he wrote about how the uh, symbolism built into the art 
and architecture of the United States Capitol points to this. I build on that in the second coming of Saturn. I disagree slightly with Tom's conclusions. I think that this is a a prophecy that these occultists want to fulfill of the return of old Saturn to bring in this new golden age. It's just that I believe that this entity, Saturn, is the one mentioned by John the Revelator in Revelation 9, the king of those in the abyss. I think Saturn, called Shemiyaza by the ancient Hebrews, is the same creature who leads the, uh, the, the fallen angels who are now in the abyss. Called uh, He's the one called the destroyer, Abaddon or Apollyon. But like like I said earlier, they they believe in this literally to where they even yes. built Washington D.C. based on this. Correct, all the structures right. and symbolism in Washington D.C. is based on this paganism. Uh, paganism, right? There there is a lot of occult symbolism built into the layout of Washington D.C. Tom Horn's book, uh, Apollyon, well, for Rising this time period, for this time period we're living right. in right now, right? Because again, now that we've moved into the age of Aquarius under classical astrology. The constellation Aquarius is ruled by Saturn. So this is significant. And again, as Christians, we can look at this and say, well, this is all silly. This doesn't mean anything. Well, no, it doesn't. But we need to understand what these people believe. The cultists, the globalists think about this stuff to understand what they're doing. And what they're trying to do really is bring us back to uh, what Nimrod tried to accomplish more than 5,000 years ago, bring us into a one world government under their man, and uh, whether they realize it or not, what they're trying to do is build the kingdom of Antichrist. Some of them probably know that this is what they're doing. I think the rest of them are just useful idiots. Yeah, They they think they're trying to do good. They're trying to help us all live better lives, but they're trying to do it by making us all subservient to them. Hey, by the year 2030, we'll own nothing and we'll be happy. Right. So they are on a projected path and, and I guess a goal, right? A goal or a finish line is 2030 when they want to complete this? That's what the World Economic Forum has posted at their website and some of their predictions for the way we'll be living within the next decade. You know, by 2030, we'll own nothing. We'll rent everything that we need and it will all be delivered to us by drones. Now, you know, I live out in the Ozarks. That ain't going to happen out here. <laughs> Too far away. You're not going to get a drone that's going to fly from the nearest Amazon delivery point or whatever. They, and here's the other thing. They never tell us who owns these things that we'll be renting. We'll be renting our clothing. We'll be renting our vehicles, renting our house. Who owns those things? They never right, say. But, they, but see, they also want to push people like you that are out in the Ozarks. They want to push you out of the rural areas, right? Don't they? And push you into smart cities. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and this goes back to the way Nimrod's kingdom was organized 5,000 years ago. You look at the way ancient Sumer was organized and people lived in cities it wasn't until you got further out into what is now, you know, Syria, southern Turkey, um, you know, Israel and so forth, where you had people who were farmers and shepherds who actually lived out with their flocks and lived out in the fields. But in Sumer, which is southeast Iraq, where Nimrod's kingdom was based, ancient Uruk, the city of Uruk, which is just Iraq by a different spelling, by the way. Isn't it interesting? We still call that land by the name of Nimrod's kingdom 5,000 years later. Uh, people were city dwellers. And they were given their daily allotment of grain, gruel, whatever, and uh, sent out in the fields to work and then come back home. And to, basically, they were on universal basic income 5,000 years ago. And that's what the globalists want to take us back to. Do you believe that they are behind schedule or do you think they're right on point? Or do you think they're ahead of schedule? <laughs> you know, it, it's hard to guess. Uh, I think that they think they're on schedule. When we look at the... Um, 
plans that are leading us back to this one world government, putting us all under their control. Uh, for example, a digital currency is a key part of this plan. They want to control where our, how our money is spent, where and how our money is spent. And to do that, they really need to get us off physical cash and onto digital currency. I think this is I, this may be one of the reasons we saw this really spectacular collapse of that uh, cryptocurrency exchange, you know, Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX, mm-hmm. because regulators and uh, governments can say, well, digital currency is a good idea, but we need to control it so that this never happens again. Well, see I, now, I, Bit, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin is is decentralized. The government doesn't control it. And governments hate that. So right now we've got 50 nations around the world, including China, the United States, the United Kingdom, the European Central Bank, Bank of Japan, uh, and many smaller nations that are either testing or have already rolled out a central bank digital currency. So if the Fed, the Federal Reserve Bank, issues out a digital dollar, the Federal Reserve Bank and the government, by extension, will know everything we spend our money on. And what's more, because it's digital, they can program it. So that when we get our government stimulus, it has to be spent within a certain amount of time and you can only spend it on certain things. And uh, mm. I'm sorry, Mr. Gilbert, your cholesterol is too high. You can't buy that ice cream or whatever. It, totally that, under control. That, that's what the mark of the beast is going to look like. Mm. That's scary. But here's the thing. Whenever we start looking at this and getting really you know, uh, stressed, just remember in Psalm 2, which reads, why do the nations rage and uh, imagine a vain thing? They're, they're basically trying to take over the world. And, and God saw this like 3,000 years ago. Psalm chapter 2. The Lord looks down from his throne. Here, I just happen to have the verse up here. Because Sharon keeps directing me to this. My wife is the wise one here in the house. And so when I'm out on the ledge, you know, looking at you know, the news and getting really stressed, she says, just remember, Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together. And the, the Hebrew, by the way, behind those words, kings and rulers, can also mean supernatural entities like fallen angels and demons. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against Yahweh, the God of the Bible, and against his anointed, his Messiah, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Here's the money quote. He who sits in the heavens laughs. that's great the lord holds them in derision then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury saying as for me i have set my king on zion my holy hill so these people think they're winning okay klaus schwab you know the bond villain and all of his globalist minions you know pope francis with his council for inclusive capitalism you know, you've got a Jesuit pope giving direction to people from the, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers <laughs> on hey, inclusive capitalism. Up. I know, Alex Jones' head is exploding. Right. <laughs> but they think they're winning. They think they're winning, and God just laughs at them. So what, we, what we're doing and what we're trying to do is just say, look, let's be aware of what's going on around us. Jesus told his disciples to be as wise as serpents while being as gentle as doves. We're how sharing the hope this, that we have. How long does this Saturn return last? How long is this period supposed to last for till the next well, age? Th- they think it's going to last forever. This will bring in a new golden age, you know, which re- in, in history is um, this period when, when Saturn ruled and life was easy and the earth gave its fruit and, and uh, uh, crops without having to work for it. 
But the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 9, when this entity comes out of the abyss with his minions, uh, they will get five months. It's going to be literal hell on earth. Because anyone on earth at that time who doesn't have the seal of God on their foreheads, meaning those who've not accepted Jesus Christ, they're going to wish they could die. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. Mm. So uh, that's really interesting because we haven't gotten there yet, obviously. No, no. But the World Economic Forum's Great Reset includes something they call the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And that's just a fancy way of saying transhumanism, this idea that somehow we will overcome death through technology. Now, I don't think they're ever going to do that. That's God's domain. You know, God's got the power of life and death. But just assume that they can radically extend human life through supplements or (laughs) there are some who are actually taking transfusions of blood from young people thinking that will make them younger. I I know what that is. Yeah. Can I say it on here? My audience knows what that is. Biosis, yeah. Anyway, if they can do this um, and extend their lives, there's a day coming where they wish they hadn't. They will long for death, but death will flee from them. And that's interesting, too, because the uh, word translated death is Thanatos, which is the name of the god of death in the Greek Mm -hmm. religion. That's the rider on the pale horse in Revelation 6. So the pale horse rider, when people will long for him to come and take them, he will be nowhere to be found. So they, they will not, but the, again, the good news is that this only lasts five months, and I think it's the last five months before the Battle of Armageddon. But the Bible's not specific on that. That's just my best guess. Could we safely say it's probably going to be before twenty thirty? I, you know, hard to know. It, it sure feels like it's going to happen quick. You know, you and me, we're old enough to look back like ten, twelve years and say the world has completely flipped on its head in the last ten, twelve years. Insanity. I'm old enough to look back in the seventies. Things that we couldn't even talk about in public are now considered, you know, unwritten rules. If you if you speak against this, you're deplatformed. So, you know, it, it's coming faster and faster. If it happens 2030, 2035, I, that would not surprise me at all. Don't you think this whole trans... Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. 
Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Flare.com. Gender, well, you know, the gender thing that's happening now is is a prelude to transhumanism to condition us for this. Absolutely, it's part of it. It's absolutely part of it. Um, Sharon has really uh, done some good research on this and given a couple of good presentations on an ancient Sumerian goddess called Inanna. She's also known as Ishtar or Astarte in the Bible. She was gender fluid. She could be a, a female or a male. And uh, she was, there, there are hymns that have been preserved, ancient Sumerian texts with hymns to Inanna, uh, praising her for being able to change men into women and women into men. So this is a very old idea. What we're being told is progressive, you know, is it's regressive. It's turning back right. the clock 5,000 It, it also has to go with Baphomet, correct? Baphomet. That, that's an interesting thing. I need to do more research on that. But from what I have read, Baphomet is a name that actually emerged in the Middle Ages as a bad transliteration of the name Muhammad. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So let's get into like what they literally believe, what's literally happened on this planet. I've had guests like Ali Sadatan, Ellie Marzuli. Um, I've had Gary Wayne on talking about the giants of the past. Um, basically, do you believe that kind of what they're preaching here, what they're talking about? They've been on some, some say they've been, they've been on them excavation sites. They've seen giant bones that these Nephilim did exist on earth. Correct. Yeah. Now we don't have the bones, or at least none that uh, have been made publicly available. Well, I've heard to they've been us, shut down. The Smithsonian comes in, takes them away. Right. Is, and and, and we, t- we talked to a fellow on the island of Sardinia when we were there in 2018 with Timothy Alberino who said that uh, they had found some on the island of Sardinia where there are like over 200 tombs of the giants that still are still standing on that island and that uh, representatives from the Vatican came in and took those bones away. So I don't doubt that they existed, but Sharon and I back about four years ago wrote the book um, Veneration, three years ago, uh, which is about this cult of the Nephilim. And we didn't want to recreate or just replicate the work already done by people like L.A. Marzulli, 
Gary Wayne, uh, Steve Quayle, Tom Horn. We looked at the ancient texts. And while we can't point to any skeletons of 15-foot giants and say, see, here's one, what we can do is point to texts that have been translated by secular researchers and historians, archaeologists, and say, yeah, there was a cult developed by these uh, spirits after the flood of Noah that continues down to the present day. The cult of the dead, this idea that you need to venerate your ancestors and offer them gifts and sacrifices. This is a very old idea that goes back to ancient Mesopotamia, and you can trace it right back to the Nephilim, the giants destroyed in the flood. So you believe they did exist. They they were yeah. on this planet. So that Absolutely. kind of throws a monkey wrench into evolution, doesn't it? Well, it does, which is probably why, if assuming bones have been found, why they've not been made public. Because it, it runs counter to Darwinian evolution. Right, right. And then that's that's what I've always thought. I've thought like the reason they're not they get shut down and it throws a whole monkey wrench in evolution. People start waking up. What is this? I mean, mm-hmm. the Bible specifically talks about David and Goliath. Yeah. Goliath being now, a giant. So here well, here's the thing. You know, Goliath was a big dude, there's no question, but the oldest Hebrew text available to us put him at four cubits in a span, not six cubits in a span. That's a difference of six foot nine versus nine foot nine. So, but even at six foot nine, that's a big dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a big dude because plays NBA, day, <laughs> right, right? At a time when the average Israelite was about five foot four, I looked that up. So, right. you know, that's like me trying to fight Shaquille O'Neal or something. You know, it's <laughs> it, he's a big dude. But here's the thing that's even more significant. And again, this is something that we can document and prove from the biblical texts, from other archaeological texts that have been found, historic texts from the period of David and uh, Solomon, and even earlier, the time of the judges, that the people around ancient Israel venerated the spirits of those giants, the Rephaim, they were called. And when you look at 2 Samuel 21, the end of that chapter, that's where David and his men take down five other giants, including one named Ishvi Ben-Ov, who uh, almost killed David until one of his mighty men jumped in and and, uh, saved David at the last minute. These these guys are called descendants of the giant or descendants of the giants. But the Hebrew word translated descendant into English actually means, it does not mean a blood descendant, a genetic linear descendant of the Rephaim or the giants. It means one who's a member of a group into which he was indoctrinated or, or um, consecrated, uh, b- basically a member of a cult. It was a warrior cult that worshipped the spirits of the Rephaim. So they were like demonically possessed warriors. I mean, think of like the Viking berserkers, okay, from about a thousand years ago. These berserkers who would go on the battlefield with the Vikings were supposedly, um, you, you couldn't hurt them. They were impervious to pain, to fire, to injuries. The problem was they were so crazy, they would kill everybody who got close to them, even their friendlies. So after about 100 years of the berserkers, the uh, kings of the Vikings, you know, the Danes and the Norwegians and the Swedes got together and said, let's not do this anymore. This is, this is too dangerous. <laughs> but that's, that's who Goliath and those other giants, the Philistine giants were. They were worshipers of this cult. And the name of that uh, the guy who almost killed uh, David, Ishvi Ben-Ov, is a clue uh, usually in our Bibles, it puts those last two words together. It looks like B-E-N-O-B, like Benob. And the translations means, oh, it means he's uh, from a place named Nob. No, no. Ben-Ov means son of a medium. 
son of somebody who was constantly talking to the dead, summoning spirits of the dead. And that's who these Rephaim were. So I think you know, that's reminds, what we're looking at here. This kind of reminds me of, I've talked to L.A. Marzulli about this. Are you familiar with the Kandahar giant? The, 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 mm-hmm. the, I mean, it sounds to me like that was a true story. I mean, from the, from the evidence that was brought forth, and L.A. Marzulli has talked to, I guess, one of the uh, uh kids or men now that that were on patrol or in one of the units this and that and if people are familiar with the kandahar giant it's an, an unbelievable story about right a unit of uh i guess uh i guess special ops in, yeah. in, in in uh afghanistan correct it was yeah marine corps unit right and so if that story basically took them took them uh, nearly killed them all right but that giant stood like 13, 15 feet and weighed about 1,500 pounds. If that thing exists, which I believe the story, then everything's on the table, man. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm looking at everything like this. there is a lot of substance to, to this. The thing, and again, I, I'm totally open. I believe LA and I believe the sources because I've seen the interviews that he's done with yeah. the witnesses to it and they're credible to me. Um, but I can't point to the carcass or the bones and say, okay, this, this proves our point. But what we can do, and again, this is where Sharon and I went with our book, Veneration, our follow-up book, Giants, Gods, and Dragons, is that the spirits of these giants who were destroyed, how long ago? We don't know, 6,000, 7,000 years ago, maybe, maybe longer. They're still with us. The early church understood. It was a given in the early church for the first 400 years after the, after the resurrection. Demons were the spirits of the giants destroyed in the flood. When you read the early church fathers and the writings on demons, they under, it, was, it was understood. In fact, even the ancient Greek poet, Hesiod, who wrote most, most of what we know about Greek mythology comes from Hesiod, writing about the time of um, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, 7th century BC. He said that the spirits of the men who lived during the golden age, there's that golden age again, when Kronos, their version of Saturn, ruled in heaven, they were called uh, Marapes Anthropoi. And when they died, they became daemons. Mm-hmm. But the Greek idea of the daemons, and this is where we get the word demon, was that they were helpful as long as you sacrificed to them and uh, you know, kept them happy. So the demigods, the ancient heroes like Heracles, Hercules, uh, Theseus, Perseus, uh, Bellerophon, Cadmus, whatever, the, the demigod heroes. Well, Zeus would be a fallen angel. Okay. Okay. So he was fully divine, but the half divine sons of the gods, like Perseus and Heracles, uh, their spirits were still around on earth. And if you sacrificed to them, they would help you. And the early church was like, no. And the Jews of the second temple period, the Jews of the time of Jesus and the apostles are like, no, 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 no. We know where they came from. The Titans of the Greeks, they're the watchers, the sons of God from Genesis 6, who are now in chains in the abyss. They created those giants, and the spirits of the giants are the demons that are with us. And unless we believe that demons don't exist anymore, and there's no evidence for that. I mean, there's plenty of evidence. There are still people being demonically possessed and oppressed. Those giants never went away. You know, they're not coming back. They're here. They've always been here. And that's the point that we make in our book, Veneration. So are you saying that the demons, you know, the fallen angels, obviously they're not allowed back into heaven, so they're, they're trapped here? They're demonic entities that are trapped here. The There's a difference giants. between angels. Difference between angels and demons. Angels. Well, I would think a fallen angel is a demon, right? I mean, now. No. Right? No. Okay. No. There, there's a difference. The fallen angels, or the sons of God from Genesis chapter six, who came down to earth 
and took human wives. Okay. They produced these half human, half angel hybrids called Nephilim or giants. And uh, their spirits became demons. Angels can appear with, with bodies. They have corporality. Uh, you know, they, they can, uh, the book of Hebrews tells us we can entertain angels unawares. You know, they, they look like us. They act like us, talk like us. They can wow. eat. Uh, Abraham played host to a couple of angels and uh, fed them a meal. Uh, Genesis chapter six says that they can have sex and procreate. So those are angels. Demons are incorporeal. They're spirit. They do not have a body, but they look for bodies to possess, which is where you get demonic possession. It's two separate uh, categories in the afterlife. So an angel is physical. Angel is physical, can manifest physically. Demon is not physical, but they take over bodies so they can be physical. That's correct. Yes. So what are giants again? The giants were the demons before the flood of Noah. They were wiped out in the flood of Noah. So so demons came after the giants? Correct. So they are the spirits of the giants. Spirits of the giants, right. So what so are these? So I, I have a question. So what are these these Peruvian in, in, elongated skulls that they've dug up that are in like Peruvian museums and stuff? What are those? That's a really good question. And I don't have a firm answer to that. It's possible that there were, uh, there were more of uh, these giants created after the flood. Our, our friend, who's a Bible scholar, Dr. Michael Heiser, points out that in Genesis chapter 6 says that uh, um, the, the, the Nephilim were in the earth in those days, and also after that, meaning after the flood, when the sons of God, that's a term that means these angelic beings, when the sons of God went into the daughters of man, went in as a you know euphemism. But the word translated when can also be whenever. So the giants were in the earth in those days, and also after that, whenever the sons of God went into the daughters of man. So it's possible there were more that took place after the flood. I'm open to that idea. Don't know for sure. So now that Saturn has returned, they believe that they're going to come back. Well, Saturn hasn't returned yet. Okay. But they are. I thought you said in 2020, December 21st is the right. This, the sign in the sky, right. That Jupiter handed the torch back to Saturn, but they are looking forward to him actually bringing back that golden age. Now, to some of these people who are working at towards this, they may just see this as sort of a metaphorical thing, a symbolic thing. Uh, I don't think that they realize when he comes back, it's because the abyss gets opened and these things come flying out of Tartarus, the bottomless pit, and uh, makes life really miserable. Well, that that but, would make me believe, what about CERN? CERN. Well, it's possible. There's got to be a major tool to do. for this, correct? You would think, but again, in Revelation 9, this only happens when God allows the key out of heaven, when an angel is given the key to come down to earth and unlock that uh, bottomless pit. The guys at CERN can do whatever they want, but until God says, okay, now's the time, it's not going to happen. What's the significance of Mount Heron? Mount Hermon is the Hermon. place. Sorry, Mount yeah, Hermon. That, that's all right. It's, it's based on a Hebrew word, harem, that means uh, under the ban. Like, this is forbidden territory. Don't go here because it's off limits. If you touch it, you die. Mount Hermon is where the these sons of God are supposed to have come down and made a mutual pact to go ahead with this sin of corrupting human blood, the human bloodline by commingling with us, but also teaching us things that we weren't supposed to know, secret knowledge, like divining the future, casting spells, making potions, things like that. Black magic. Black magic, right. 
And Jesus made it clear that uh, there was something significant about it because he declared his divinity at the base of Mount Hermon, a city called Caesarea Philippi, which was a cult center for a number of pagan cults, including um, the goat demon Pan. That's why it's called the Grotto of Pan or Panias at the base of, you know, right in front of this cave, which was the source of the Jordan River is where Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Oh, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Ah, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, a little wordplay there, you are Petros, and on this rock, this Petra, this 9,200-foot mountain behind me, I will build my church. And the gates of hell, which is this really big cave right over here, that was believed to be bottomless, the first-century Jewish historian Josephus wrote that they'd never been able to lower a plumb line long enough to get to the bottom of that cave. It was believed to be the entrance to the netherworld. So Jesus says, right in front of this cave, I'll build my church on this rock, which is believed to be the mountain where the pagan gods meet, and the gates of hell, which are right over here, will not prevail against it. And then he climbed the mountain. Gospel of Matthew says, climbed a very high mountain. The only one in the vicinity is Mount Hermon, and that's where the transfiguration took place. So he climbs the mountain that was supposed to be sacred to the pagan gods, and Jesus basically sends a flare into the spirit realm. So are these beings, could they be these giants, these Nephilim, whatever they are, be underground, like literally underground? I've, I've heard many people say that, like they are being held underground to be released at a certain time. You know, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think that their their physical form was flesh, and those have long since decayed and uh, rotted away. Uh, their spirits, though, are still with us because their spirits are still tormenting humanity. The Book of First Enoch, which you know, is not in the Bible, but it was it was known to the apostles. Peter and Jude both make reference to Jude quotes it directly, by the way, in his letter. So it was well known to them and to the early church. In First Enoch, it's explicit that the spirits of the giants destroyed in the flood were condemned to stay on earth, tormenting humans until the judgment. So I don't think they've got their bodies below ground. What I think is happening may happen because we see a hint that these uh, entities will come back for the Battle of Armageddon. Now, the War of Gog and Magog, the prophecy of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39, um, chapter uh, 39, verse 11. God says to Ezekiel, I, prepare, I will prepare a place for burial for Gog in the valley of the travelers east of the sea. That's east of the Dead Sea. And the word traveler was a term used by the pagan Canaanites for the spirits of the Rephaim, these giants, because they crossed over or traveled from the land of the dead to the realm of the living. So I think the Battle of Armageddon, which is what Ezekiel's describing there, I think the Battle of Armageddon will feature a demonically possessed army Will they be clones? Will they be people who are just, you know, so sold out to the enemy that they can be possessed? I don't know. But I think that the Battle of Armageddon, in a very real sense, is going to be the ultimate zombie apocalypse. you got the spirits of these dead giants in the army of the, uh, the Antichrist. Do you think maybe, like in these deep underground military bases that are way down there, that there are genetically, where they're experimenting on different creatures and so that, Maybe that's where they're going to unleash this army. That maybe they're 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 uh, giving them basically containers for these souls to these demonic souls to go into and genetically unleash them onto the. I mean, because I've looked at look. I'm just going to say this. I've looked at like certain. I've watched trail cams 
on YouTube, and there are some things out there in the wilderness that I nobody's ever seen before. And I'm not talking yeah. Sasquatch. Sasquatch has nothing on these things. Yeah, you get caught on trail cams, and uh, yeah, maybe some are fake, sure. But I'm saying not all of them could be fake. And I'm just saying, do you think maybe they are experimenting with? these demonic souls and creating bodies for them down below, releasing them in national parks here. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. It, no, it's entirely possible. I've got a friend in uh, Indiana who does a lot of research into the dog men, but uh, you know, it's something Sharon and I followed for a long time. Tom Horn wrote about it in his novel, the Armand gate. Sharon wrote something like that into her novel, the winds of evil. So um, yeah, it's entirely possible. And that may be, I, I have no doubt that that kind of genetic experimentation is going on at DARPA and other military laboratories around the country as we try to come up with ways to defeat our enemies. So, um, yeah, if we can think of it, I'm sure that there are people who who are a little more inclined to try to figure out how to, you know, t- totally dominate the world are already doing that kind of research. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, we have interesting times ahead. The second coming of Saturn... Derek Gilbert, thank you for joining me. This is I, I. You're always welcome on my show. You're always welcome on my show. Anytime you want to come back, where can people get the book? You can get it at uh, well, of course, all major bookstores, Amazon.com. But you can go to GilbertHouse.org. We've got an online store there, GilbertHouse.org. And if you buy the book there, I will sign it. I've also got a 13 part video teaching series. I, I broke the book up essentially into 13 20 minute video segments. So if there's anybody out there who wants to really get crazy for a uh, a Bible study lasting one quarter of the year. You can go through the book over 13 weeks and uh, look at it. A lot of research in the book. When I speculate, I'll say I'm speculating, but there are more than 500 footnotes in it. And uh, a lot of it is coming from secular research, showing the connection because the the other name that I think we need to make clear of this old God, Saturn, Kronos to the Greeks, he was Molech to the Hebrews. Uh. And if you doubt that this entity has any influence in our world today. I mean, hey, the Bible says that these sons of God who sinned in Genesis 6 are in chains and gloomy darkness. Yes, but remember, this entity, in almost every one of his identities, was connected to human sacrifice and specifically child sacrifice. And the number one cause of death on planet Earth is abortion. 43 million last year. 43 million. So how is that possible? Well, you know, how does a mafia boss control action on the streets when he's in prison? Right. He's got minions, demons, right. and that's what's going on. Fascinating. I Thank you so much, Derek, for coming on my show. It's been an honor. Anytime. You got it. All right, folks. You know where to get his book, gilberthouse.org. You'll sign it for him, correct? Yes, sir. Amazing. Uh, send me a book. Jeez. <laughs> Give me your address, and I'll do it. I'll do that. All right? I'll text it to you right now. Thank you so much, Derek, uh, for coming on. You bet. God bless. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough 
through in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.